the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. My name is Derek Frisbee from DF Sports. It has been too long, but we are back. And today, we are here to talk about this narrative in the national media that the Cleveland Browns are, quote-unquote, the luckiest 9-5 team ever, and we don't deserve to be winning these games. I think it's a load of crap, and I'm here to tell you why. And we're going to break down the numbers offensively, defensively, and we're going to talk about why the Browns are pulling out the games that we are, despite all the adversity and all the injuries, we are still winning these football games. But before we do, please be sure to like this video, drop a comment in the comment section. I want to know what you think. Subscribe to the channel. If you're not already, don't know why, but now's a good time. Subscribe to the channel, turn on your notifications so you never miss an upload. And if that's not enough for you, thedogspodcast.com, that's going to be your way to leave either an intro on the show so you can intro the podcast or you can leave a voicemail Get your opinion out there. People will hear it and we will talk about it. So we will let you know what we think about what you think live on the show. It's great. Uh, And if that's not enough for you, join the dogs.com. That's going to be your way uh, to join the Patreon. You will quite literally get to talk to Browns fans across the globe anytime, anywhere you want to. If you're struggling to talk to Browns fans, right? It's Browns backers clubs everywhere, but You know, it can be hard sometimes, and you want to talk about this team, because why wouldn't you? That's why I'm here. Uh, So the Patreon's a perfect way to do that. And if that is not enough, you get an extra after-hours show. So this show that you love, and you love watching it, and you love talking about the Browns, you love hearing about the Browns, there is an extra after-hours show. Stuff you can't necessarily say on YouTube, that's your spot, right? So if you love this show, you're going to love the after-hours show. So... Go check it out. Join the Patreon. It is worth it. I am in there. So if you want to tell me I suck or you want to talk to me, you can do so. Um, Last thing, become a member. 99 cents a month. It's going to be your way to show support. Another way I should say to show support, you get some fancy stickers in the chat. So when you drop a comment, we'll see it next to your name and we'll know just how much you support the podcast and how much you support the channel. And we greatly appreciate it. So with that being said, as I said in the intro, there is a narrative going around with the national media uh, that this Browns team is undeserving of being the spot where we're at, 9-5, and five, with three games left on the season. And I think, it's, I think it's a lot of crap. I think it's a lot of anti-Cleveland narrative that is undeserving. And when you look at some of these numbers and you break it down, there is plenty of reasons why the Browns are continuously winning football games, especially close, finding ways to pull games out. Um, And there's multiple different people who deserve credit here. But I want to start first with none other than Kevin Stefanski. Like, he has done an unreal job this season. And I've been very critical of Kevin Stefanski, and I think deservedly so. I think, you know, there's people out here where if she criticized Stefanski, you know, you're going to get a bunch of hate for that. But at the same time, if you overlove Stefanski, you know, there's people who give you hate for that. It, it's one of these things where it's like, it's difficult to find that common ground and that that medium 
uh, point when it comes to talking about Kevin Stefanski. And, you know, for me, I think Kevin Stefanski is a really good head coach. I think the Browns lucked out in getting one of the brightest, best young head coaches in the NFL. However, I do definitely criticize Stefanski uh, at times with his play calling, right? And I think sometimes deservedly so, right? He's trying to do two jobs at once, and at the NFL level, that's hard to do. So whatever side of the Kevin Stefanski line you fall on, I think you have to give him credit for this season, right? We have gone through four different starting quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson goes down. You have P.J. Walker come in after you had a DTR experiment where in the Ravens game it was a disaster, uh, and then you went back to DTR, he gets hurt, and now you're on Joe Flacco. Four starting quarterbacks over the course of the season. And why are the Browns winning games? Why is Kevin Stefanski and this offense, even if it's not pretty all the time, why are we finding ways to move the ball? And I think Stefanski deserves a whole lot of credit for that, right? Um, You know, as an offensive play caller, as you try to come up with a game plan, it's hard when you have limitations, right? If you have Deshaun Watson out there, it's easy to come up with a game plan and say, hey, we can do this, this, but also we can rely on you because you're a next level athlete, you're a next level NFL quarterback. We don't have to put as much preparation, as much work, into a game plan. There's a certain level of skill set that Deshaun Watson has, whether if it's consistent or not, uh, that you can go out there with and trust that he will make plays. With P.J. Walker, with DTR, and even with Joe Flacco initially, uh, you can't really do that. And you have to give credit to Kevin Stefanski and give him his flowers this season how he has managed this situation. He has firmly etched his name into the Coach of the Year race, and I do think it's hard to argue that he shouldn't be coach of the year because given what he's gone through, and especially offensively, whether it be offensive line injuries, both of your starting tackles are out, your backup is out, um, you know, you've gone through a lot of adversity. Your starting running backs out, starting quarterbacks, plural, are out. And the fact that Stefanski, as an offensive play caller, is still putting up enough points to win football games is incredible, and I do think he certainly deserves to be coach of the year. I'm not going to say that he's going to get it because, you know, it's the NFL. You never know. Uh, But for sure, I think despite your opinion on Kevin Stefanski, you have to firmly evaluate this season, evaluate all the obstacles that have been in the way, and look at it and say, hey, he might not be perfect, but look at what he's done. And that's more than what you can say about 90% of the coaches in the NFL. I mean, Bill Belichick is probably going to be gone from the Patriots. And we could all argue uh, that Bill Belichick's probably the best coach in NFL history. I'm sure there's going to be people who will dispute that. Um, You know, but that's a guy who's probably going to get fired. He'll probably leave. Um, But, you know, point stands. Kevin Stefanski has adapted through adversity. And that's the biggest theme here. So I want to start off on offense and kind of take a look at why the Browns are still moving the ball, still finding ways to win. 
And I want to start off, I know obviously Joe Flacco is the hot name and Flacco fever is running through the nation right now, deservedly so. But the most important piece on this offense, in my opinion, why we're winning games is David Njoku. David Njoku in the last three games has 18 catches, 212 yards, three touchdowns, and 112 yak yards. So yards after catch uh, from David Njoku. And I have been on this podcast talking about receiving weapons and needing to move the ball through the air. And we need more options outside of Amari Cooper. And Njoku has had his own battles this season, right? He has dealt Forget the the off-the-field stuff. Let's just talk on the field. He has dealt with the quarterback situation as well, which is important. Uh, He's dealt with inconsistency. He's dealt with the drops. He's dealt with some injuries here and there. And then off the field, the man quite literally, and I don't say this to be like humorous or funny, even though it, 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 it kind of is. It's more of a testament to Najoku. But the man catches on fire in an incident and is out there the very next week playing at a high level, playing good football. Um, You don't have that kind of grit and that kind of toughness from hardly anybody. And David Njoku has had the year that we have all been waiting for, right? Njoku, quite literally, if you want to put this in Madden terms for you kids out there, uh, Njoku has gone from a star level to a superstar, if not further, uh, rating because he has taken his game to the next level. And over the last, what, three, four, five games, it has been consistent, which has been my biggest criticism with Njoku is he's pl- we've seen these flashes, but it's not been as consistent. And some of the plays that he's making and that catch that he made uh, in the end zone this last game against the Bears to go up and have the strength in your fingers to maintain possession of that ball while also not looking down, manage to get your feet in bounds as you're being pushed out of bounds is incredible. And, you know, forget the two-touchdown game he just had. I mean, David Njoku is establishing himself as a top five, arguably top three tight end in the National Football League. And it's hard to argue that at this point. And you could also argue, currently, Najoku might be the best tight end in the NFL, the way he's playing. And I'm not saying that is a permanent thing, but in this current moment, David Najoku is playing at that high of a level. And that is arguably... The biggest reason for me offensively that we are having success because Amari Cooper is a phenomenal football player. He's dealt with his own adversity. He's had bruised ribs. And I know some of you out there have definitely dealt with that. You know how painful that is. You can't even sleep at night, let alone go play a football game. So, you know, Amari Cooper has, while still playing at a high level, has kind of moved into more of a threat slash decoy if that makes sense and you're getting guys stepping up right Elijah Moore not consistent enough and this is another thing I think if the Browns want to uh, make a run at it in the playoffs you're going to need consistency from Elijah Moore but you're having another legitimate consistent 
weapon in David Njoku. And along with that, here quickly, I'll just throw this out there. You're starting to see something from Cedric Tillman. Uh, He's not had like a crazy breakout game or anything like that, but he is catching balls in critical times, uh, moving the chains. I think that's great. I think we're going to see more of him throughout the rest of these three three games. Uh, So that's really good. Um, Offensive line has struggled. I think that James Hudson is probably a guard. He's probably not a tackle at the NFL level. So how the Browns are going to handle that situation, I don't really know. But Jerron Christian's been playing good enough. And, you know, Nick Harris has stepped in and is playing good enough, right? You're having guys come in and fill these roles of superstars, guys who are playing at a really high level, and they're still performing. Um, The last one, offensively, before we get to the big name, who y'all want to talk about or want to hear about, for me, is Kareem Hunt. And I know a lot of people will hear this and will probably roll their eyes or be like, man, Kareem Hunt, what is he doing to deserve uh, this kind of recognition? And I'm here to tell you that Kareem Hunt has not been a top back in the league. He's not been elusive. He's not been Kareem Hunt of old. But I'll tell you what Kareem Hunt has been. And this is going to get overlooked. Kareem Hunt has been elite in short yardage situations. And I can give you a bunch of different examples over the last few games of Kareem Hunt on fourth down, third and short, moving the chains. And sure, that's not equating to him, you know, getting touchdowns or anything along those lines. But Kareem Hunt in those situations is the perfect back that you want there. And nothing against Strom Ford, nothing against Pierre Strong. He is our best option, and he is stepping up and performing when his name gets called in that situation. And if you think that this offense is, you know, doing what we're doing without Kareem Hunt, then respectfully, I think you're wrong because Kareem Hunt has been extremely valuable in those situations. Now, you know, first and second down, is he getting a bunch of yards? No, but. There's a time and place. Some guys are role players, and you need your role players to step up. The Browns have had uh, their role players step up. Cream Hunt is one of them. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Browns fans, you've heard me talking about Omaha Steaks for like three years now. And seriously, the only reason that I, I keep doing it is because I love Omaha Steaks. That's the reason I reached out to Omaha Steaks to establish a partnership in the first place. This food is absolutely extraordinary. It comes at a really, really great price. I mean, think about the price you're paying for meats and all kinds of foods right now. The price you pay for the quality you get at Omaha Steaks cannot be matched, beat, anything, anywhere. And this holiday season, Omaha Steaks is the absolute perfect gift to get all the loved ones in your life. For me, it just makes Christmas shopping and getting people gifts that much easier. What do you get for people that, one, you don't really know what they want, you don't really know what they need, and they pretty much have everything they need anyway. People can always use meat. They can always use food. Get them Omaha Steaks gift packs. They throw it in the freezer, and it's the gift that just keeps on giving. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide, plus when you use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out, you get an additional $30 off your order. 
Send the loved ones in your life the tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, the mouth-watering burgers, the gourmet jumbo franks, or even those easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. So get this offer now while it lasts this holiday season. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, when you check out to get that extra $30 off your order. Happy holidays, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Minimum order may be required. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, right? Uh, Super Bowl MVP, um, you know, former president called him elite. We're not going to bring that up, but I'm just saying, Joe Flacco has a lot of recognition and a lot of um, credibility, I guess you could say. And over the last three games for the Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco, 939 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, at a QBR of 81.6. So, you look at that and you say, well, has he been elite? Has he been special? No. Joe Flacco is, in my opinion, the perfect guy to kind of take control and take the keys to this offense for a couple reasons. First of all, experience, right? That's the obvious one. DTR didn't have the experience. P.J. Walker, eh, you know, had the experience, but not great. Um I think this team and this offense needed to be led by a veteran. And the big thing for me with Flacco and why the offense is doing what it's doing is you have a guy who can move the ball downfield. Kevin Stefanski's offense, and one of the criticisms that I've had, is it just seems limited. It just seems like he's playing within that 20, 30-yard box, and you don't really see a whole lot of deep shots. You don't really see a whole lot of spread it out, throw it all over the yard. Under Joe Flacco at quarterback, because of the limitations with his mobility and getting him out on the run, and I don't say extending plays because he's been fantastic extending plays. I'm talking about mobility, getting yards with his legs. You don't get that. But Kevin Stefanski, for really the first time in a long time, is taking shots downfield. And because of that, it is opening up so much more, in my opinion, that you're starting to see different wrinkles to this offense that we haven't really seen. And, you know, that's a lot on Stefanski, but also it's a lot on Joe Flacco. He's been there, done that. And he's just letting it rip for better, for worse, right? He had a couple really bad picks, uh, but he's not afraid to make tight contested throws. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard it and it's been talked about endlessly, the throw to Amari Cooper. But I, I want you all to understand how difficult of a throw that was. That throw quite literally had to be thrown at the exact time, the exact moment. 
and the exact place that Joe Flacco threw it. Because when you have Amari Cooper running this way, defender coming right here, and he squeezed the ball in, and Cooper got loose and broke it around for a touchdown, that is the type of play that you look at and you say, only a veteran quarterback can do that. Like, only a veteran quarterback in the NFL can do that. And even then, like, that's still crazy. So, Joe Flacco, I have complete and utter confidence that uh, for the rest of the season, into the playoffs, Flacco is more than enough of an option for the Browns and for Stefanski offensively. As long as he's still getting good enough protection and you're still getting consistency out of the playmakers, right? This offense is not being asked to do a whole hell of a lot. It is being asked to do, uh, I don't want to say bare minimum, but just make, just extend drives, establish drives, move the ball, and score, right? And before we get to the defense, um, quickly, D-Hop, Dustin Hopkins, his consistency is a huge part of why the Browns are winning, right? He's he's just doing what he's supposed to, right? And that's been a huge, huge thing. Uh, Corey Bajorquez, also underrated, right? Huge factor. Where you're getting possession on the field matters. And I think people overlook uh, that Bajorquez is quite literally taking balls, right? When you're punting from your own, like, 15, and they're starting the drive on their own, like, 15-20, like, that's crazy. And that's just because Bajorquez is great. So, quickly moving on, just because we're low on time here and I don't want to go too long. Um, home field advantage. The Cleveland Browns are 7-1 and one in Cleveland Browns Stadium. That is you guys. That is the fan base. That is this city and this, uh, this team rallying around this fan base. That is huge. That is absolutely huge monumental that if a team comes to Cleveland it is that much harder and that is what home field advantage is so shout out to you guys everybody who goes to Browns games being loud being proud being invested in this team despite all the injuries it is working so keep it up I'll be there at the Jets game uh so I will be a part of that but anyway all right Move on to the defense here real quick. Don't want to go too long. Um, guys stepping up, right? Juan Thornhill, injured. Grant Delpit, injured. Which, by the way, I've not commented on his extension. Genius. I think that's great. Love Grant Delpit. Signed three years. Decent value. For what he would get on the open market, really good value. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. But... Nevertheless, Ronnie Hickman has come in and was the highest graded rookie. This is a UDFA signing, people. This is somebody we signed, quote unquote, off the street, who has come in and played at a really high level. 90.6 PFF grade. Ronnie Hickman is doing something, and I've said this many times, but he's really doing something that he never did at Ohio State because he wasn't really asked to do it. Uh, but playing in coverage and playing at a high level in coverage is insane because Ronnie Hickman was like the silver bullet, uh, strong safety linebacker hybrid that Ohio State likes to have. Um, 
And Hickman has come into Cleveland with a whole new attitude, a whole new just moxie to his game and has taken it to a, a whole nother level. Um, so you have to shout him out. He's playing unbelievably. DeAnthony Bell, 79.8 PFF rating. He's been, you know, what he's what he needs to do plus a little bit more, right? When you're coming in uh, to fill the hole of somebody in the secondary, your job really is not to be um, targeted, essentially. Uh, your job is not to be a weakness. And I don't think DeAnthony Bell has. I think both Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell have done their jobs and have done them at a high level. And that is a huge reason why this secondary is so good. Because Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, and Denzel Ward, all three, 67.7 coverage success rating. And when you wonder why this defense is so good, despite all the injuries up front, uh, despite everything that we've gone through, this secondary is the strength of this defense. And it is buying Jim Schwartz that time that he needs to blitz with just your front four or even three. And it's working. And it's working at a high level because those three guys are the best corner duo in the NFL, trio rather, duo in the NFL. And Martin Emerson, in my opinion, has taken his game beyond the next level. I think Martin Emerson is one of the best corners in the NFL, not just on this team. Um, and so much so that I think he makes Greg Newsom kind of look below average. And he, Greg Newsom's not. Greg is still a great corner in the NFL. Uh, but because of how high of a level Emerson is playing and Ward is playing when he's healthy, you know, you don't have to necessarily overcompensate in the secondary. You can do what you want up front and get the job done there strictly based on how good your secondary is, right? Shelby Harris uh, with Mo Hurst out and some of these other guys out has played at a high level. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson signed to a big contract. He was the cornerstone piece in of that interior defensive line has lived up to it. He is playing at a high level. You can't just rely on Miles Garrett. And that is kind of the big thing here is we're getting help outside of Miles Garrett. And a big part of that, obviously Jim Schwartz, but also guys in the secondary doing their jobs and buying time for those front four uh, to get there. So last but not least, certainly not least, uh, last guy I want to talk about why the Cleveland Browns are winning games and in big part, relying on this defense because the Browns have given the ball back to opposing teams with time to go score and go win it, uh, and they are not. The Browns are pulling out these games because of this defense, and the gem in the middle of that defense is Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. JOK has been playing at a level that I didn't even know he could get to. I thought he could be really, really good. I knew he was a star, needed to be in the right defense, kind of be a rover and just kind of do his own thing. And he can be great, but he's playing even better than what I thought. And I think probably what a lot of you thought. JOK on the season, 81 total tackles, 18 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, a pick and a forced fumble. And outside of the stats, when you watch every big play, he's in there somewhere. He He's flying to the ball. And 
you know, when you talk about being able to get pressure, JOK is such a utility knife that Jim Schwartz can have a secondary that he doesn't have to worry about, can have a front four that is playing good enough to where he can just, you know, rush those four or do different combinations, whatever. Um, and before I forget, I didn't write him down, but shout out to Alex Wright. Alex Wright in rotation has started uh, making an impact on this defense, and I think that gets a little bit um, overlooked. So shout out to you, sir. Um, but nevertheless, JOK flying to the ball. Um, him and Grant Delpit have kind of been the two guys that we've been waiting to see what they can do. Both of them have answered the call. Both of them have come in and had an unreal season. And for me, I thought for sure you would see Delpit get a franchise tag and then you would see JOK probably next get a franchise tag. The Browns have signed Delpit now. I don't know how you can let JOK uh, even risk letting him walk out the door. He is playing at an elite level, one of the best linebackers in the NFL, and he's still very young. He is still very young. That is the most exciting thing about this team is all these players who are stepping up, showing what they are, showing what they got. All of them are young. It's not like we have a bunch of old veterans in there who have just been there, done that. These guys are going to be special. And that is why the Browns are winning games, right? The Browns are finding ways to win football games because you're getting the select group of guys who are doing their jobs, and then you're getting the guys who you need to step up, stepping up, right? Nobody thought Hickman would come in and play great. Nobody thought DeAnthony Bell would come in and play great. People thought, hey, you know, they're just going to do their jobs and kind of not be the problem. They've come in and done more than what they've been asked to do. And you could say that with many guys on this list, on this team. So hopefully that helps you out um, as far as why the Browns are winning games. Now, we need to see more out of the run game because if the Browns are going to make a run at it, you're going to have to have more out of the run game. And the defense on the road has struggled. But with three games left, we got the Texans up next in Houston with no C.J. Stroud. That is a Case Keenum rematch game, um, or revenge game, I should say. Um, so I'm not entirely worried about that. Tank Dell's out. But again, defense on the road. Need to keep playing at a high level. Jets, no Aaron Rodgers in Cleveland Thursday night football. And then you have the Bengals on the road in Cincy, I believe. Could be wrong. With no Joe Burrow. So, there's that. But yeah, I think this Browns team can really finish this year out at a really good record. Browns are looking good right now for the wild card. And yeah, I mean, I think there's at least two more games on the schedule to win. So, that would put you at 11 wins. And in all honesty, you know, it's hard to say with the NFL. Browns could very well win out, right? Which would put you at 12 wins with no Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb, and a list of other guys, right? So that's insane. But with that being said, once again, my name is Derek Frisbee from DS Sports. Like the video. Let me know what you think in the comment section. Subscribe to the channel. Go Browns. We'll see you in the next one, everybody. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. Forgot about that. Merry Christmas.
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.